Welcome to Inspiring Wholeness, presented by Advent Health, in partnership with the Orlando Business Journal, featuring people who make Central Florida a better place to work, live, and play. In this episode, our topic is women in leadership. Joining us, Audrey Gregory, President and CEO of Advent Health's Central Florida Division, North Region, and Gabby Ortagoni, President and CEO of the Hispanic Chamber of Orlando. Well, Audrey and Gabby, thank you both for joining us. Audrey, I want to start with you. You've promoted diversity and equality throughout your career. Could you define DEI and explain its significance in the context of women's leadership? Oh, Brian, that is a really good question. So now I have to ponder. I think I always think about DE&I in terms of food and things that make you comfortable. Originally from the islands, and so I think we solve a lot of things through fellowship and food. The best way I can describe DE&I is really around the fact that Diversity has to do with making sure that there's a wide range of people at the table. So different ages, gender, ethnicity, I would say even physical ability and thinking. So that covers just making sure that there are a lot of people at the table. Now, there are subtle differences. You asked about equality, which is making sure that everyone is treated fairly and the same, which is somewhat different from equity which takes into account making sure that each person's personal background and personal story is taken into account. So when I think about equality, I want to make sure that everyone is treated equally. But when I think about equity, I go a little bit further. So for example, if you're a person of color, if you're a Black woman who walks into an emergency room, how you present with a heart attack may be a little bit different than, say, a white male. And so equity is about recognizing the nuances between how a patient would appear. And then inclusion, for me, it's my favorite because it's really about making sure that everyone who's at the table has a voice and that that voice is actually heard and that they feel that person feels that they're contributing to the whole. So I know it's an example around food, but it's how I really think about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Well, it helps us to understand it. And I appreciate that you differentiated between equality and equity, because oftentimes those two terms are used as one and the same. You were named one of Becker Healthcare's Black Leaders to Know for 2023 and Becker's Women Hospital CEOs to Know in 2023. So congratulations on those honors. Could you talk about the different perspective that you bring to your role as a woman and a minority leader? Thank you, Brian. It's an interesting question. I think all women agree that we definitely bring something different to the table in terms of how we lead and how we see people. Women leaders have the ability to see below the surface We can just see the numbers or just see the things that are in front of us as leaders. What women bring to the table is the ability to see below the surface. And there are some similarities between being a a woman in terms of leadership and just being a woman who is also a person of color. I think it gives me the ability to see the perspective of others and to, to truly empathize. 
even as I've grown as a leader, I'm always thinking about, okay, what is my employee thinking? And not just my higher paid employees, but what is my lower paid employees thinking? And I think some of that is just a background of not just being a minority, but understanding the journey of the immigrant and what that means for households. And so I think I bring that to the table. And then I would say, finally, it really allows me to understand those leaders who are struggling with imposter syndrome. You know, every woman probably struggles with that. And I think if you throw minority on top of it, you struggle with that. And so having the broad perspective that I have just gives me the ability to lean in and to be understanding of how I lead and just really being able to share people's story, understand those stories and figure out how your unique self and your authentic self is still valuable and how you can use that to enhance an organization. Gabby, you've been the president and CEO of the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Metro Orlando for over five years now. It's one of the largest Hispanic chambers in the nation. You're also going to be hosting the National Conference of Hispanic Chambers here in Orlando this September. Talk about the importance of the work being done to recruit diverse businesses to relocate to our rapidly growing region. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here and represent also the Hispanic and diverse business community. One of the things that I will say, we're very proud that we're going to be hosting the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce National Conference here in Orlando. However, I think that not only is it important to attract more businesses to come here, especially when it comes to minority business, but it's very important to provide programs that build their capacity so they can really grow. One of the reasons why I think it's so important that we're bringing this type of conference to Central Florida and that the Hispanic Chamber is going to be the host is that we're going to provide that foundation and it's going to provide that example that is not just about recruiting, it's about really providing the training and the resources and the tools for those businesses to be able to grow in a very diverse, but also with those benefits of the same companies that have been able to grow that are non-diverse, that have been able to grow, this will give the opportunity to diverse businesses. And I mention a lot diverse because although we represent the Hispanic community, the programs that we do are not limited just to the Hispanic community. We really believe when we promote diversity, I think we have to promote it in many different ways, not just the diversity that benefits us as being part of a minority group. We also have to be part of the solution that is providing ways to to benefit other diverse groups. So I think I'm very excited for the attention a region is going to receive, but also the resources and the training our diverse businesses are also going to have access to. Well, that is great to hear. What are the key benefits and outcomes that businesses and organizations can expect when they prioritize not only women's leadership, but DEI as well? Well, I think we have seen an incredible growth in our economy now that more women are being in positions of leadership. Now that uh, we see more universities making an effort in recruiting students, female students or minority students into areas that are not commonly practiced by minorities. So Audrey, we're so proud of what you have accomplished because you're a role model for so many women that it's difficult to get to that point because maybe we haven't had the same resources or the same opportunities. So I think that for companies, we have seen the growth not only in the way that we 
see life and we see our consumers. We know that women, we actually represent the highest number of consumer base. So the moment we are able to see companies that connect with who are really making the decisions in the household and not, I mean, with this, I'm not trying to say that women are necessarily just the bosses or the ones who have the full control. I'm not meaning, I don't mean it from that perspective. I mean it, we are the ones making the decisions for our families. And now this translates into business. So I think that really incorporated, as you mentioned, it's more about bringing different perspectives into the table because right now our consumer base is not just one race, one color, one gender, one, I mean, right now we're very diverse. So we need to make sure that at the leadership positions and at all different positions, we have people that represent our entire demographics. Audrey, what advice would you give to aspiring women entrepreneurs and leaders who are looking to make their mark in their respective industries, maybe outside of healthcare, based on your own experiences and the lessons that you've learned? Oh, Brian, that's its own podcast. Um, (laughs) But I will say I have just a number of things that I would say to women. And I would think the first thing I want to say is uh, fair is not an option. I think women, as you think about your own career and where you want to go in in your own lives, and this is not just professional, but even personally, being courageous and fierce are going to be the themes that women are going to have. I also think that it's important as people are aspiring, whether in leadership or even own your own business or whatever it is, is the recognition that there is a lot to learn. Anyone who walks into a situation thinking that they know everything probably is subjecting themselves to failure. So I think recognizing that there's much to learn. Women need to be open to new experiences. One of the things we do as women, it's we have never done that before. So we're not going to go for that job because it's way outside of whatever we think we're capable of. The other thing is just recognizing that there's never going to be a perfect time in your life for the next step. I don't think there's always going to be a perfect moment or you're going to be perfectly prepared. Somehow, family, life doesn't always align the way we would like it to. And I think it's important for us as women to understand that we don't always have to be fully prepared. One of the things that I find so contrasting, and I will go on record and say that I am raising two sons. So I love the males. I love my husband. So this is really not the male bashing, but mm-hmm. you will find a young male leader who you will say in a, in a room, in a business session, I would like you to go and do this. Let's say, you know, go to the moon. And the males in the room will be like, yeah, I can do this. They will look around the room with confidence and they're like, yes, I know how to get to the moon. And as women, we're thinking, okay, I need to go be an astrophysicist. And so we talk ourselves out of things because we don't feel prepared for it. So it's important that women who are aspiring should just have that attitude of understanding that things are not always going to line up. Clearly, never aspire for something that you don't yet have the competence for. Having competence is important. That's not what I'm saying. And then the final thing I would say for women, especially, it's as you're growing, it's important for you to have a village. If you don't have a village, make a village and learn to lean on that village because that village provides you with 
physical support that you need. It provides you with emotional support. If you're actually a, an aspiring professional who's also a mom, you know, it truly takes a village to raise your children. And I think as women, it's important for us to recognize that we sometimes need to lean on that village. But that's a whole different podcast, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back on the show yeah. here in the future to, to unpack this. Oh, I wasn't this. trying to talk myself. <laughs> <laughs> back to what you said about courageous and fierce as the father of several daughters, three. Oh, wow. What do you mean by fierce? Because a lot of times there's that tendency to maybe step back. Is that what you're talking about is stepping in there and engaging? What do you mean by that? I think it's recognizing this is not even about other people. This is really about you as a person, not being afraid and really taking the time to make the steps that you need to take in order to get to where you need to be. It's also the recognition that no one else is going to make it happen for you. So if you are in 11th grade, you are going to have to own studying for your SATs. If you are about to go to medical school, you own what that MCAT result is going to be. That fierceness is about really understanding that you're not held back by fear, but then you have to be the one to do the work. It's not even about being aggressive. It's really internally recognizing that no one is going to do your work but you. That is great insight. I'm going to share that with my daughter, so I appreciate that. <laughs> and Gabby, what are some practical steps businesses and organizations can take to build you know, the culture of gender equality and empower women in the workplace? I'm a huge believer of professional development opportunities. I think nowadays there might be a perception that people are getting opportunities just because of the group that they represent. I think we have to be very careful with that because in reality, what we're doing is putting that person that maybe we're promoting to, I'm going to say like people normally say, check a box. We're putting that person into a disadvantage. And that's why I think companies have a huge responsibility. And it doesn't matter if it's a small company or a large corporation of really providing uh, programs to support professional development. And what do I mean by that? It doesn't have to be just the technical aspect of the job. It's also learning how to work in difficult situations, how to negotiate, how to do public speaking, how to present yourself when you're in a crowd that maybe most of the people are, are different to you, whatever that could mean. And the reason I say that is because we see that a lot. I'm going to say from our perspective, from the Hispanic community, I see a lot of lack of representation on boards. If we don't provide the right tools and the right training and professional development so we so people know what to do, how to react, how to contribute, they're always going to feel that their voice is not enough because they don't know how to react. Their voice or their ideas might be exactly what that particular group needs, but they're not going to feel comfortable doing it because they haven't received the training and the backup and the support to feel comfortable to do that. When companies really put a focus on how can we really develop our workforce, so we provide opportunities equally. So now people, as they develop their leadership skills, now they know how to confront different situations. And then we can really select people based on their talents. And hopefully, as I always say with companies, I don't want people to hire 
the members of the chamber or, or Hispanic companies because they're Hispanic. I want them to hire them. I want them to get contracts because they're the best at what they do. So I think that's kind of the mentality that if we have that about our employees, especially when it comes to diverse groups, we're going to have a way stronger success when it comes to giving these opportunities. Playing up what you just shared, uh, you know, unconscious bias is it's a term for something that I think people do, but they don't realize that they're doing it right in terms of, you know, a built in bias that they may not even know or be aware of that they have. So could we talk about that a little bit, the stereotypes that may hinder women's progress and leadership? And I guess, Audrey, would you take that and run with it? I love Gabby's previous response because it's a good thread to pull on. The thing that makes unconscious bias so difficult is how insidious it is, right? You don't even, it's similar to, I would say, I get in my car, I turn it on, I, you know, I expect it to go. I don't necessarily think about it. And it's the same struggle that I think we have overall with unconscious biases. I have learned over time that relationships is what guides you through overcoming your biases. I think we all have some level of unconscious bias. One of the biases with women is that women don't do numbers, right? Mm -hmm. And so women don't do STEM. Women are not good in the sciences. Therefore, women are not good with numbers. We think from a stereotypical standpoint or even from an unconscious bias standpoint, it's, you know, women have the soft skills. And also, if you're a minority woman, if you're a tall Black woman, there is the assumption just unconsciously that you're going to be aggressive or you're going to be whatever it is that unconscious bias is. And I think generally speaking, there there are formal education that can be done to help people to understand just different perspective. When you have relationships with people and relationships go beyond the surface, then you really start to understand. Brian, I now know that you are a father of daughters, Mm -hmm. right? And so immediately I start thinking, I know what that means. I almost now know where your heart is. And I think that just has to do how we get rid of unconscious bias is really getting to know people and walking in people's shoes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think I'm going back to the concept that I was mentioning. I've seen in our world, in chamber world, we do a lot of events, right? We do a lot of training, seminars, conferences, etc. And one of the things that I'm going to confess I don't like is when I see events that are targeted to women leadership, but there has to be a fashion show involved, or there has to be, you know, shoes or feathers or whatever. I think sometimes we have to be careful, even as women, we have to be very careful or many other diversity groups that we don't fed up those biases, that we are conscious of really developing the brain, the mind, the ideas, the leadership concepts, and know it's okay to do theme parties. I mean, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying sometimes where we combine that with business events, again, we're just, maybe we're trying to do something fun, but then in reality, we're feeding that mentality and saying that it's okay to think that way. Yeah, great point. Let's talk about men now, and I'm going to focus on one in particular, Randy Hafner, who leads this organization. I don't even work for Advent Health, and I would run through a wall for Randy Hafner if he told me to, right? I mean, I love working with him, talking with him, and I use that example because I want you to, you know, kind of convey what role men can play in supporting and advocating for women's leadership. 
Well, I'll speak as the, I, I guess that makes me the number two fan behind you, Brian, since I work for Randy. So Randy hired me, right? So I just, so there, that's my answer. I think though, men play a pivotal role in advancing women. So Terry Shaw is the CEO for Advent Health. And when you sit with him, when you sit with Randy, there is an intentionality around not just diversity on a whole, but really understanding where are women in the company and how are we advancing women in the company. So there's an intentionality around that specifically for Advent Health and for specifically for the men in Advent Health. Generally speaking, the role of the man <laughs> is really to make sure that you are not just the supporter, but you're also the sponsor of the woman, right? So the sponsor is the person who is in the room, who's at the table when you're not at the table. And so in my career, I have had many male sponsors who have taken that interest and also done a good job over the years of saying, Audrey, here's where you need to pull up your shoes or tie your laces or here's how you came into the room and here's what I think you need to do differently. And so really men have a role in not just advocating, not just supporting, but really sponsoring and really being able to fearlessly identify when things are not being done right, right? So it is going to take the likes of the Randy Hafners in the room to say, we need to do something different in the room because the men in the room have power and the men in the room are heard and they could be some of the best partners for the women who are in the room or the women who should be invited into the room. I'm very fortunate because I'm surrounded by those men, but that is not necessarily so at a broader audience. And so it's really important for men who are in power to just really be thinking through how am I disseminating that power and how am I being intentional about making sure that others are seen and heard, particularly as it relates to women. She said it perfectly. I don't work for Randy, however, <laughs> I appreciate a lot the incredible support that we get from, from Advent Health. And I have to say, in my experience, men have been so important in my professional development. I actually think that some of my best mentors have been men. And I think they have really given me the path to be able to find my strength. And they have helped me identify how to win that sit at the table, not because they just put me there, but because they help me understand how to get there. And and I, I, I mean, you said it all, and I agree with everything you said. I think men play a big role. And as women, we also have to respect that. I think when we yeah. start putting so many negative connotations on men or, or that we're better than men, I think, again, we're just not embracing what we want them to do with us. So, I which is totally. for, to be equal and to be respected. So I totally I, yes. agree with you, Gabby. I was just thinking, even in my own career, the advice I'm giving are things I've learned along the way, but I can think of two career moves that I wouldn't have mm -hmm. made had it not been for the male mentors in my life. And I'm like, no, yes. the kids are too young. I can't do it. I'm not ready. And they're like, no, you're going. No, I'm not ready. You are going. Yeah. And so, you know, I would call them later to go, okay, this was the right move. But sometimes we even have, have blind spots as women. And so having that male mentor and guide and, and advocate really can be just, I think, life-changing for women. I agree. 
Audrey, what inspires you to feel whole? Oh, wow. What inspires me to feel whole? I would say the ability to just hang with my family is one of those things. But I think the biggest thing for me, I'm going to assume the question is of it's professional in nature, being an environment that allows me to be my authentic self. You know, Gabby will agree as women and also as women of color, sometimes it's it's difficult to be your authentic self. And so what helps me to be feel whole is being in an environment that allows me to just be me. And Gabby? For me, going to that environment, I consider myself very creative, but I like to create things that are going to have a purpose to serve someone. And I think we all as humans have that as part of our essence. And uh, so being in an environment that allows me to do that in a very creative and flexible way, I love it. But actually, I will say that for me, something that makes me, that inspires me every time I have the opportunity to do it is to travel. I think traveling is one of the most beautiful things that completely fills your soul with experiences, with knowledge, with emotions. And I recently took a trip and I learned to value so much the incredible things that even with all the challenges that we have in this country, even with all the political mess that we may have in this country, we still live in such an incredible place of freedom and and opportunities. And we cannot take that away from, especially from our younger generations, that sometimes maybe the message they're receiving, that's not what they have. And I think when you travel, it opens your mind to see the good, the bad, and the beautiful things that life has to offer, nature, and and culture and so many things. So I I think for me as a person, traveling is one of the things that inspires me the most. Love it. Well, you both provided us with fresh perspective on this topic. We appreciate both of you joining us. Audrey and Gabby, thank you so much. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for any professional advice or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The views expressed by our guests are their own. Their participation in this podcast does not imply an endorsement by them or any entity they represent.